the Weed of Time presents High History. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Weed of Time podcast, where we smoke weed in a hurry, (laughs) we smoke weed until our words are slurry, and we are here for a high history. (laughs) I'm the shame of Tara Valon, and I am here with my husband slash co-host, Dengus Khan of Tara Valon, and we are here to talk to you about the Wheel of Time. Uh, this is now an all-spoiler podcast, so get the fuck out, because, like, there's gonna be so many spoilers. It's a fucking high history of Forsaken. You know who. You're at the title. Uh, Nospo isn't here today because she's with her families, but she provided a spoiler for us today, um, earlier, anyways. <laughs> and I've made it the form of a rhyme. Because <laughs> she, she said wordsmith, so I wanted to be wordsmithy. And so did Dang. He helped. He helped. Uh, throughout the majority of the last battle, Perrin naps, but never to fear. When the moment is ripe, Lanfear's neck, he will snap. Spoiler! Rhymed. Dang, what the fuck did we smoke? I know you told me earlier, but I don't know what you said. Man, okay, so you gotta give me one second. It's this black bag over here. Mm-hmm. Now I'm reading off it. It was across the whole table. Can you believe it? He's um, so long. Okay. This is by 34 Street Seed Company. <laughs> Can you believe that shit? No. They're worse than craft brewers these days. Truly. Okay, the strain is 34 Street Cookies. <laughs> why am I in a footer? No. <laughs> Google, why have you betrayed me? What the fucking shit fuck is this shit? So we smoked it. It's a... Uh, it is a hybrid, um, and its total THC, 25.9%. And I'm pretty sure we smoked about four grams of it. <laughs> 34 Street Cookie, you said? Yeah. Plus, uh, what was the THC? Uh, 25.9%. We smoked so much. We we were we smoked for like two hours straight. <sighs> My number pad went off again. This is why no. this is why it's betraying me. When... This is why we don't do high histories. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's so much record keeping. Um, but yeah, you're welcome. It's been a fucking hot minute. I, <laughs> we realized how long when we were looking at other episodes today, and it was a little bit rough. We're it, sorry. It's been like thirty episodes. Mm-hmm. But you see, like, we're teachers, and it's July now, so, like, for the last ten months, we've had no fucking time, 
And I don't think you realize how much more work a high history episode takes than a normal episode. We can't just ad lib the whole thing. We actually have to say facts sometimes. Yeah, and like... That's hard. That's real hard. Do you know if this is an indica or sativa or hybrid? It's a hybrid. Okay, it doesn't say things. No, because cannabis packaging in Ontario sucks shit. It's awful. It went so downhill from the beginning. Although we saw that really cool one for the joints today. Oh, shit. It's in like a glass beaker with a cork. cork. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> fucked. It comes in like a fucking vial for chemistry. It's. I'm excited to smoke it. It feels fun. Like, that's the packaging that we should be doing, you know? Well, honestly, I want to save those for a future episode and we'll like take a picture, put it on Twitter and in Discord and shit. Oh, I love that. Right? I Those are earmarked for an episode. We'll mm-hmm. share it with the fans, if you will. Yeah. Sounds lit. Absolute weeb sold it to me today. <laughs> he talked about anime the whole time. And I was like, sir, this is a Wendy's. Have you talked to this weeb before? No, never. Okay. No, completely new dude. Weird. That's always scary at the weed store. Yeah. What if he's a cop? I say in the legal (laughs) place. But we smoked like seven bongs worth of that out of the beaker. (laughs) Um, Seven bowls, fuck. Seven bowls. And then we were drinking rum and coke for half of it. That's true. We're we're in a fucked up space, folks. (laughs) We're having fun. Um, We used our musla mouthpieces. Mm. Because obviously... Hell yeah. Um, I recently had a had a commentary about this. I accidentally took a hit without my filter in. <laughs> and <laughs> my lungs afterwards were very much like, oh no, the sediment. You just literally feel like you're inhaling ash the whole time. Yeah. I don't know how I did that for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck. Um... <laughs> But anyways, yeah, like, do it for yourself. Do it for yourself. It's worth it. (laughs) A 16-inch glass. We smoked out of our 16-inch glass beaker bong. The beaker. The beaker. Beaker and Bunsen. Yep. Um, Impressions. At our patron, Swagmodian's request, I will be releasing an upcoming rap (laughs) on on our Patreon. That contains the rhymes I do at the beginning of episodes, which I re- realized today that I have not done the whole time. So, like, growth. <laughs> the <laughs> fact that we didn't used to have a rhyme is weird. I know. Like, how subpar of me. We didn't go so hard in the beginning. No. Which means that the longtime listeners, we love you most because you loved us when we were bad. <laughs> that first episode is fucking rough. <laughs> I had so much fun. <laughs> oh, it's a oh. great episode. It had peak content. It's amazing. We were just really bad at recording it. Now, to explain all the chewing noises, mm. we I went and got A&W because it's takeout night. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just the two of us. And he was going out for weed anyway. <laughs> so we've got Beyond Meat Burger combos here with fries and... Sody pops and... Uh, we've reheated in the oven because you shouldn't drive while you're hot. <laughs> yeah, to be clear, I drove sober. Truly. Anyway, that's what all the chewing noises are. I'm mucking two burgers. I'm having a great time. I'm mucking a burger and fries. 
And what are we here to talk about? High history Masana. That, Woo! You're, you used the high history music, right? Of course I did. Okay, I just wanted to check. All right. So for Masana, let me set up my... We have a new way. We, we've discovered a format for high histories that's going to make them easier to do. We're streamlining them. Yeah, we're streamlining to bring better content and to spend less of our time doing it because things are changing. Um... I made a slideshow template. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to like walk you through a slideshow you can't see. Yeah. Unless you're a patron, <laughs> in which case you can see. Um, but we are it's going in the to, episode notes. We are going to talk about the uh, Forsaken with the smallest page count. The queen bitch herself. The queen bitch herself. <laughs> Masana. <laughs> A.K.A. got ass kicked by Egwene. Truly, like, robustly, in a very insulting way. We're baked to shit, and we're going to talk about her life. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was born in the Age of Legends. Obviously, she's a fucking Forsaken. That's where they're from. When they're from. When they're <laughs> Not from. where. Because the Cause world is a puzzly mess. And time is break. real. You think that's why they call it that? <laughs> the road goes on ever after. Fuck yeah. Okay, so she was born. Age of Legends. Age um, of Legends. And she only had two names. Yeah, she was a two-name bitch. She was a fucking nobody. She was a nobody. Um, Sane Terrasand. That's that's what it is. Sane Terrasand. That's who she was. A one-name bitch. <laughs> And this was reflected. Two name bitch. Shit. This was reflected in the fact that she was a loser. Ain't got no respect. Nobody, nobody thought she was any good. She wasn't good at her work, and she re- got rejected from her dream job. Lanfear was also a two name bitch. She what? And she had the job that Masada wanted. <laughs> Do you think Masana hated Lanfear? A little. Because Masana is, like all the Forsaken, mm-hmm. a person with a chip on her shoulder. Of course. The evil backstory. The evil backstory. It's kind of like Heinz Doofenshmirtz, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wants to be researcher. Mm-hmm. Not good enough. Mm-hmm. turns evil to become researcher. Like, mm-hmm. you know. How else are you going to get funding? Um. <laughs> so I'm going to exclusively read Masana in Heinz Doofenshmirtz's voice from now on. I love that for you. You'll enjoy the books more. <laughs> but yeah, so Masana took on the name. Masana. We always give the translation. It means mm. teacher of lessons. That's what it means in the old time. Because the bitch was a teacher. So... I get that that's supposed to be, like, an insidious thing. Like, mm-hmm. she will torture you and teach you yeah. a lesson, you know, like. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely derogatory because she wanted to be a researcher. She hated that name. One hondo. Yeah. That name increased the chip on her shoulder. And also, just, like, seeing it in text on the screen, mm-hmm. it looks a lot more mundane and stupid. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's yeah, it's kind of a lame name mm-hmm. when you see it in Livic font. <laughs> but yeah, she wanted to be a researcher at Colum Dan University. Um, 
I don't know if it was a university. It was. Really? Dead ass. That came from the wiki. The fuck? Call him um, Dan University. Yeah, but she she didn't. That's what Lanfear's job was <laughs> instead. So uh, she was a teacher and she was... Resentful of that fact. about it. And you know what? I've worked with those teachers. Pe- I've worked with the teachers that became teachers because the other things didn't, didn't work, work out for them. They're assholes. I hate them. I became a teacher because I wanted to be a fucking teacher. Jesus. <laughs> well, really, though. and <laughs> They hate children and they shouldn't be there. Exactly. It's... It's like people really internalized the joke, those who can do, those who can't teach, mm-hmm. right? It's like people heard that and went, mm-hmm. this is my entire view on how that job is, mm-hmm. and I'm going to beat myself up about it Yeah. instead of, you know, mm-hmm. changing my life in any way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just frustrating. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate Masana. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so she eventually turned to the shadow because she wanted more power. Yeah. Like she she wasn't getting no respect. And, uh, she became, even though she wasn't the most powerful Forsaken. Mm-hmm. She was great the, at managing things. She was great at managing things. So she got to be a governess of all these different conquered territories and did mm-hmm. a badass job. During the War of Shadow. A badass job in the worst way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, she created, like, Hitler Youth. Yeah, she just went ahead and invented Hitler Youth. Um, so these are schools that instructed kids in the Dark One because they were trying to, you know, make dark friends and stuff. So and, it was literally, like, all the children in her, like, mm-hmm. go- governances, kingdoms and yeah. shit, conquer territory. States. Were, like, t- forced to go to these schools. And those who didn't learn to love the shadow quickly enough were put to death. Yeah. They just execute any children that weren't immediately like, Shaitan, yay! That's called uh, negative reinforcement in offering <laughs> conditioning theory. That's called war crimes, is my point. Well, obviously. <laughs> it's the forsaken. It's all just war crimes. <laughs> What do you got? So she's consulting the kids in these schools. Uh, the sacred text, by the way, is the world of Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time. The big book. The big book. Art. The big book of bad art. Yes, as we know it. So these schools corrupted or damaged much of a generation of children uh, required to spy and report on each other and their parents from a young age and their neighbors. Uh, mobs of children and at lessons were encouraged to destroy anything that they felt might detract from the dark one's glory so mm-hmm. things like museums libraries and research facilities uh the old order the old world was to be rooted up and obliterated she gave them one hell of a phase is what she did <laughs> she's like this is your identity and they're like sure they're teenagers <clears throat> so they hunted down teachers at from the old schools and scientists and librarians and museum curators and officials. Um, of them, a lot of people betrayed their own parents and relatives. So honestly, to me, it kind of sounds... children carried out executions. Oh, excuse me. Oh, my God. I almost died. It had um, courts. Yeah, they had courts and would put people to death and shit. Mm-hmm. 
what it kind of sounds like to me, because the analogy to Hitler Youth because of the schools and brainwashing and the mobs and shit mm-hmm. is very obvious. That That's a pretty clear allegory, I think. Yeah. But it kind of feels like the way he represented it was propagandizing and brainwashing mm-hmm. the events of, like, Kristallnacht during the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And, like, just brainwashed it into a generation and they went and did it you know yeah well it said afterwards that they turned into masana's children during the breaking and Mm -hmm. just went around trying to destroy things they they were roaming militias and bandits trying to see if they could break the world before before the male isodec could Mm -hmm. so it's, it's a very very intense history and one that i don't think gets talked about in you know wheel of time spaces as much Male Aes Sedai, otherwise known as Chaos Wizards. Fuck. Episode credit song. (laughs) You just make a Glory Hammer reference on an episode. Uh Uh-huh. Fuck yeah. So, um, I think that pretty much covers her through the Age of Shadow. Oh, this is an interesting quote that I found on the Wheel of Time wiki, actually, from Asana. Mm-hmm. In addition to everything she was doing with brainwashing the children and expertly managing these different controlled states, Mm -hmm. it is speculated by modern-day Aes Sedai that although not particularly skilled or powerful, she was very capable, proven by how efficiently she governed her territories. She trained and recruited members into the Black Aja and acted as a Shadow Amarlin seat. Mm -hmm. Getting all VRN to do what Elida... Because the Omerlin seat is post-breaking. Okay, see, just the way it was written in the wiki made it sound to me mm-hmm. like she had infiltrated the White Tower way back then. There was no White Tower until afterwards. Okay. That was the halls of, like, the ser- the Hall of the Servants and Luz Theram and Luz Telamon. I kind of might want to go back to that wiki and sign on just to um, adjust where that particular snippet is in the article. Because it's mm-hmm. very misleading. Mm-hmm. Or at least petition for that. That's why I put it in here, because I was so confused by it. Yeah, super fair. Valid. Boom. Roasted. Boom. Roasted. Uh, so, next section we're going to talk oh, about... Oh, she got, like, trapped. Um, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the war shadow, you know, things were going rather badly uh, for for the Dark Ones, because Luz there and Telamon had a plan. Damn. And a few friends. And a hundred companions. <laughs> <laughs> Colleagues, please. <laughs> no, sex partners. Sex partners. <laughs> Luz Theron and his hundred himbos. Uh, yes, absolutely. Luz Theron and his hundred himbos. Done, signed, sealed. Fuck. <laughs> um, Forever. We put that on merch. So because of his hundred himbos... She gets sealed in the boar mm-hmm. and joins on to the cast of the series sitcom. Not friends. Not friends. So the breaking was about like 13 or 1,350 years. I don't know what I said about it. It's 1,350 years approximately. She's got the numbers, folks. I do. Um, so she slept through the breaking. <laughs> so during this time, things that were happening in like the regular world, um, the world broke I smell I said I died. Um, it was pretty bad. Yeah. It's also known as the Toman calendar. What? This is the 
Tillman calendar. Whack. It's named after the guy that made it. Um, it begin. There's a calendar note in here. Do you think that's the Toman head guy too, though? Oh, girl, maybe. Do you think okay. there'd be two famous Tomans in the same same universe? That's... His name wasn't Toman, though. It was okay. like Tomari or something. Maybe, though. Yeah. I'll have to look it up. Mm-hmm. High history Toman when? Truly. Um, and it ends when the last male Aes Sedai dies approximately to their best guesstimate because, like, they weren't there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> They didn't about, see it happen. When about the world stopped breaking. So she was just chilling with her not friends. Sleeping in the boar. Yeah. Not getting any older than the 300 years she already was. Yep. And then the three free years happened. So this is starting at the end of the Trolloc Wars. And this is her sleeping for another 1,000 135 years. I'm going to do math, actually, as we go. How long was this bitch asleep for? Almost as long as me sleeping That's through my her clock. sections because she's so boring. All right, 1350 plus 1135. Okay, we'll add as we go. All right. Yeah, so this is the Gazarin calendar. So it starts at the end of the Trolloc Wars, and it's used until after the War of the Hundred Years. So this was like Arthur Hawkwing's era, because the War of the Hundred Years was after he died. So we're well on into the middle of the Third Age, basically. Yeah. yeah and she's yeah. snoring away. <laughs> Absolutely snoozing. That bitch probably younger than Cad Swain. <laughs> Actually, factually. Um, so Not Friends continues during that time. <laughs> the, the sitcom remains. We should have like one bit for the sitcom when we do Forsaken Ones, and they're just sleeping throughout it. One interaction that we think that happened. Fuck yeah, okay. What's a funny interaction that Masana had with somebody else? Okay. Mogedian Yeah. Rolled over. Mm-hmm. And like elbowed her in the side and woke mm-hmm. her up. Yeah. And she got really pissy and sulky about it and she like shoved M- Mogedian away. Mm-hmm. And then rolled over and went back to sleep. Mm-hmm. That's my speculation. <laughs> what you got? My speculation is that Masana... Semirog and Demandred had a three-way. <laughs> Who was the least impressed by it? Demandred. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's what I was expecting her to not say. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> He's such an uppity bitch. He is, too. <laughs> it would have been like, he would have thought he was above that situation. Have we done High History Demandred? If not, we should. It's fun. I, I I don't believe we have. Oh, I think I've I think I started planning for that in like fall 2019. I'm not gonna lie. Oh shit! Well, I'll I'll make a copy for it and we'll fill it in. We'll do it next. Uh huh. So she sleeps through. I think 998 years. Yeah. So the new era happens. Which is uh, after the War of the Hundred Years, and it goes up until Rand uh, kind of shoves the Dark One back back in his hole and puts a cork in it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, he doesn't put a cork in it. That's what Luzler and Talamon did. The seal is glass, and he goes in and he reforges. <laughs> Rand gave it a side in colonoscopy, if you will. Yeah. Sure. Why not? <laughs> um, but yeah. The year was 1998. And we're in the main time that events actually happen in the book. So around about the time that 
Rand was trying to get to the eye of the world. All the all the Forsaken got out. They got out. Or shortly thereafter, I think, because Agenor and um, Agenor and Belth. Belthamel. Belthamel. Okay, I, I, I thought I was wrong, but I wasn't. Agnor and Belthamel got out slightly early because they were really close to the surface, which is why they were old and gross, and nobody else was. Okay, so we'll say round about the end of book one, at the earliest. End of book one, beginning of book two, approximately. Is when she finally wakes up and goes on to commit identity theft. Of an Aes Sedai named Daniel Sedai, which means that pretty early on in the book series, Daniel Sedai, who's an Aes Sedai of the Brown Asha, um, is actually Masana. Yeah, and I can say I've gotten to, I'm about 350 pages through The Great Hunt. Mm-hmm. We have not met Daniel. Yeah. So like the whole time you see her, mm-hmm. she is Masana. Uh-huh. You, you never That's meet true. the real one. But apparently she just happened to run into this brown sister that she looked a lot like mm-hmm. and was able to, like, tor- torture her until she gave her her enough. entire identity and enough to yeah. fake it, you know? Probably might have had Sammy Rog help. Mm-hmm. Because um, Sammy Rog to Mandred and yeah, they have a three-way. Yeah. That's how why they're so close, the three-way and not friends. Okay, but they're like a subsect of kind of friends. Yeah. They're the weird ones. <laughs> They're the only clique in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, everybody she... just like fuck off, Asmodian. <laughs> He's got none friends. <laughs> none friends. Um, but she assumes the identity of Den Sedai and becomes the leader of the Black Aja under that identity mm-hmm. in the White Tower. Mm-hmm. Um. And she kind of gets Alvierin to do everything for her the whole time, I think. Yeah. And pretend to not really be in charge. Mm-hmm. But in reality, she knew who so, all like, the So, like, Alvierin's were, right? in charge, but Masana shows up in that, like, fucked up disguise in her room with, like, the black. Yes. And he's like, oh, baby child. And she's like, yes, great mistress. That's right. I forgot about that scene. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Multiple. God, that happens multiple times? Yep. One time Shider Haran shows up. Oh, no, I remember that one. I read about that one. Yeah. Freaking deaky. Yeah, I didn't love it. <laughs> so, she's kind of machinating her way through the Black Aja. Mm-hmm. And she kind of does some fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. She increases how many, like, she influences these decisions to happen, yeah. right? Yeah. She gets the number of guards at the tower upped, mm-hmm. um, which ends up playing into the coup that she is kind of responsible for. She gets a whole bunch of mercenaries in disguised as fucking construction workers. Mm-hmm. And the coup happens. And they have all those extra people on their side. Whoa, whoa. Dun, dun, dun. La, la, la. <laughs> the Black Aja was really in support of that coup. They did not like Swan Chan- yeah. Sanjay. <laughs> With good reason. Yeah. I see why yeah. they wouldn't like her. They were scared ass bitches. And why they would find Elida so amenable. Mm-hmm. Especially when it was Elida's idea anyways. Mm-hmm. But Masana hangs around for a while, eavesdropping on Elida. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... And through she, LVR and 
Mm-hmm. But she also was clearly eavesdropping in some other way because there's yeah. moments where she knows things, right? Mm-hmm. Knows things that Alviar and didn't tell her. Right, yeah. So she obviously, like, I think she must have had, like, a mm-hmm. terangreal or something hidden in there to yeah. listen or whatever. Yeah. Listening in the dream, potentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also does a lot of, like, factionalizing in the White Tower. That, that's what mm-hmm. she's doing for most of the series. Getting people to hate each other. Getting people to hate each other. And getting rebel Aes Sedai mm-hmm. hated by Tower Aes mm-hmm. Sedai. Breaking them up so they are no longer such a large power. Playing the game of shawls, if you will. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you win or you die. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and was instrumental behind the plot to kidnap Brand. Oh, yeah. That was her fault, too. Mm-hmm. Oh. Imagine if it had worked and Masana just had... Because, like, the second he was there, she had been like, boom, done. Okay, don't need this disguise anymore. Taking him to the dark one. Done. Mm-hmm. And she was pretty convinced it was going to happen, I think. She's... It was meticulous. Mm-hmm. But even when that fell through, mm-hmm. she still was pretty instrumental in... Semirog's plan. And in making... Tower Aes Sedai mistrust Rand. Yes. So that there could be no understanding between Rand and the Tower. Yeah. And to be allied with Rand would mm-hmm. be to be an enemy of the Dark Tower. Yeah. She really wanted or the, to... Def- the White, the White Tower. Tower, excuse me. Did I say Dark Tower? Yeah. Fuck! Wrong but, series. But she was instrumental in making the good guys hate each other throughout the series. Yeah, absolutely. Which then, pretty cool. Yeah. And then she, you know... Let her brain blow it out. <laughs> um. Shit, I got all of those. Yeah, shit, you sorry. Did. Nat or naturally. Yeah. So, so she doesn't go to Shadar Logoth. No, she she says not for me, and that makes Shadar Haran do very bad, not so good things to her. We don't need to talk about the Matt and Thailand things. Yeah, the Matt. Uh, the- <laughs> Oh, what's what, who's the guy that Galad kills? Morgays and Valda. Yeah, Valda. Okay, I, I don't think Robert Jordan gets enough flack for the overuse of this. Truly, Come, like now that we're thinking about it, mm-hmm. it comes up altogether too much. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but Masana probably got some like grand doll torture for a little while, like mm-hmm. when she's locked in that that cave outside the thing. Um. And so after that, she just kind of doesn't show up in the books for a bit. <laughs> yeah. But when she comes back, Egwene uh, is battling the Aes Sedai. Egwene's already been the Amarlin. Mm-hmm. So she's battling Aes Sedai, or Egwene and other Aes Sedai in the dream with the Black Aja. It, and it's weird because she just does kind of show up in Towers of Midnight a little bit out of nowhere. Yeah. Like it's been radio silence for so long. And then she's mm-hmm. like, ha ha ha, now it's my big... Showdown time. This is yeah. the end of my plot. <laughs> I think she was like observing and making plans for a while. Which makes sense. It just, mm-hmm. as a reader, it feels like, oh, we didn't build up to this one at all. No. Um. Oh, yeah. Tries to put an item on Egwene. Egwene's like, no, you. And her <laughs> mind breaks. <laughs> Literally, that's it. Uh, so they then find Masana in a basically brain dead state. And. 
She'll probably eventually die early, like, <laughs> presumably. You would think, but she's just a, an empty husk of a body forever, and that's all we know. Yep. Da, 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 da. <laughs> that's Masada. So not disappointing Forsaken or underwhelming Forsaken? No. Underused, I would say. Underused to the point where it makes her plotline feel less important. Mm-hmm. She's like a B-tier plot because yeah. of just the huge gap in... The framing. Mm-hmm. For sure. For shizzle. Now I have some some questions. Oh, shit. About Masana as an educator. Because <laughs> as you may or may not know, we are both educators. So is Nospo, but like this was just the episode people wanted. Um. <laughs> Sorry you weren't here for it, but our beloved patrons ex- <laughs> asked for it. That's true. We're just, we're just meeting supply and demand. Oh. Supply and demand, <laughs> <bitch>. <laughs> Supp- Fuck Masana's off. motto. Masana's motto, supply and demand. <laughs> I love it. She was good at organizing things. <laughs> I get it. It's just, this is why I made a smoke one more bowl. <laughs> okay. What are these questions about her educatorness? How the fuck do you think she got kids to listen that well? Threat of death. Yeah, probably. Usually helps a lot with kids. <laughs> That's fair. Not that I have a lot of experience with this, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure walking up to a kid and saying, do this or I will fucking kill mm-hmm. you, usually gets you what you want. Out of I life. think it was also good because she... <laughs> She, like, I'm sure if they did a good job, they got good things. Exactly. So you were like, you had the dangling carrot as well. And you're like, you have a choice. You can do this and you'll have amazing things. And like, you're choosing something actively good and not just like, not death. Yeah. <laughs> and because you get them from little kids, you can just condition them really hardcore yeah. into thinking those decisions are... Mm-hmm a good thing because they've got no framework for analyzing what the decisions are leading to. The same reason why poor people vote for conservative parties. Boom. Roasted. Oh, (laughs) this is spicy. I'm white. That's too spicy for me. (laughs) No, this is a socioeconomic thing, buddy. No, I know. I'm being a shithead. And you, you, you grew up poor. It's fine. (laughs) No, I know. (laughs) But no, seriously, like it, I think it was just very, very violent conditioning, like, mm-hmm. and probably like extreme segregation between classrooms, like, yeah, only a few kids at a time, mm-hmm. kind of thing, like, yeah, being rewarded for selling each other out, so no loyalties breed and walls mm-hmm. are up, and the only person they can trust is you. Exactly, they can't trust each yeah. other. It's a, a lot of really unethical things in manipulating children's yeah. development. <laughs> You'd really want to specifically try to interfere with the parent-child bond as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think she achieved that by having like kids tell on their parents um, and shit like that. You had to make them think their parents had actually been evil and they got rescued from them. Yeah, kind of thing, like. a, a little bit or just like making you the primary person that they crave unconditional positive regard from rather than yeah their parents so you'd have to have them in from like a really young age like really try to like there's no mat leave you know in masana state no that's that's a good point. your children get taken for school starting quite young you know as toddlers you just come yeah. snatch them yeah 
Because remember, when you're already committing war crimes, you can do whatever you want. What like, do you think her student-teacher ratios were for her classrooms? How many students per per one teacher? Between five to ten would be my guess. Yeah. I think that's a manageable group of kids to keep sequestered mm-hmm. and... Yeah. But, like, ten-plus kids will start thinking, well, well, we all can't be wrong, you know? Yeah. Like... Yeah, you're more likely to have... Fight back. Yeah. That's what, that's what I you think. You can give more individual attention per kid the smaller the class size, too. <laughs> and I know all you parents out there are going to be pissed right off that I'm saying, like, oh, yeah, ten kids, that's a totally manageable section of kids to keep under your thumb, you know, but, like... I have taught... Okay, straight up. I have taught a fucking class of 28, <laughs> and I had to teach... It was a, it was a cooking class. <laughs> And there's only four ovens, one of which is still broken. Um, there's only four ovens. And I can't have seven kids per kitchen. So I had to divide my class in half, have 14 kids in the kitchen and 14 kids doing something else, and then flipping them back and forth. That was unmanageable. That was unmanageable as fuck. <laughs> Ain't got no respect. Small class sizes are the best thing for the education system. Ten kids? Totally fine. Can handle. Like, yeah, honestly, I could even see, depending on the class, changing it. Like, having an individual music instruction class that's like small, but mm-hmm. then having like a band class that's big. Right. Th- that makes sense. Orchestra class. <laughs> I don't know how much of that they got at the Shadow School necessarily. But That's fair. I'm off track. <laughs> <laughs> I got to work. What I could imagine is the class size is going all the way down to one. You know what I mean? Like for the really troubled students that they're like, man, we're going to have to kill this kid if he doesn't smarten the fuck up, you know? I think there was always, they always needed food for the Trollocs, you know? I don't think they'd try that hard. You don't think so? No, I think they'd be like... I don't think they'd have a problem with killing every single student in that class, you know, if they weren't shaping up. I just think on a recruitment level, in a war that over time you were losing, Mm -hmm. you think you would ramp up recruitment, like... Yeah, but you're constantly also killing people, like, people for Trollocs. Yeah. So that's a huge incentivization as well, is knowing that if you're going to get killed, you're going to get eaten by Trollocs. (laughs) That's a good point. That's more... That's terrifying and you know that a number of people in the city have to be fed to trollocs yeah. you're gonna keep your behavior on fucking point and, and okay here's the other thing is over time they were expected to tell on each other mm-hmm. right they were expected to run courts and executions mm-hmm. so theoretically towards the end Mm-hmm. You could get ratted out for something by mm-hmm. your peers in your class mm-hmm. and then sentenced to death by them and yeah. then killed by them. Yep. That's some major social conditioning that would mm-hmm. work very quickly to make you mm-hmm. say whatever the fuck you had to say to not. The have, social you know, sanctions like, are steep. The social sanction is death. You are going to adhere to the social norms and executions. Or and, norms and expectations, shit. Execution. And, like, they were boarding schools, so the kids were probably <laughs> living wrong. together, too, right? Like, yeah. So. And I'm sure this was happening as they got older, too. You've got no privacy. You're always under scrutiny. Mm-hmm. You're going to shape the fuck up to whatever they want. Mm-hmm. 
Sounds pretty fucking brutal, eh? And then just as you age and like, especially when you go into adolescence, your brain trims your synapses. So mm. the ones that you use are the ones that stay. So if you're extremely violent and and all that sort of shit as an adolescent, you're going to be used to that shit. And it's going to be easier for your brain to go down those paths, which is why they became known as Masana's children and terrorized the world during the break-in. Terrible question. Do we have another how do you think she trained? How do you think her teacher education program went? Because as we've discussed, small class sizes, that means a lot of teachers. I honestly think it's like a fractal, like a, like a microcosm, macrocosm thing mm-hmm. of the way the schools worked. Mm-hmm. Is like the, the social sanction situation mm-hmm. within the school just became part of the workplace as part of her administration. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you so, think it was just dark friends? Yeah, like I think it was dark friends who were trying to stay alive and yeah. get as powerful as they could, so they'd mm-hmm. lick whatever ass they had to. That's fair, know? yeah. Get so, put in charge of something. I think it's the exact same as the schools, but in a workplace, mm-hmm. you know? Student, or over generations, because this happened for a long time, students eventually become the teachers. Exactly. Self-sustaining system. Bam! You only need to work it for a couple generations, and then it's just going to keep going. Mm. Truly. Self-sustaining system. This bitch was <laughs> thorough. I admire that. <laughs> <laughs> no! It's been the war crimes episode. You can't end it with, no. I admire that. <laughs> Not that. I just mean, like, the meticulousness. She's a good planner, and I admire that. <laughs> okay. I haven't gotten rid of a future prompt that I wrote down, so I have to keep it. Okay. Until I decided. She's but yeah, doing clerical work. I am being meticulous. <laughs> but that's high history. That's high history. Fuck Did you. you like it? Let us know. Uh, but thank you for joining us for this episode of the Weed of Time podcast, and we hope you tune in again soon. Please let us know any of your thoughts on today's episode on Twitter or Discord. Our Discord server has been bumping the last few days. It's, it's been fun. It's popping. It's full of beautiful people. You can find both those at the Weed of Time. You can find all of them through our link tree. Um, and you can check our link trees in the episode description, by the way. <laughs> check out our Patreon for cool bonuses like our ranting and raving episodes where we will be recording a variety show bitch fest. Uh, if you have a second to rate and review our podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. And until next time, remember that the weed weaves as the weed wills. Bye. I can't believe we have to do another episode after this. It's ranting and raving. Oh.